do remember my birth, but my first memory was actually in my womb, in my mother's womb rather. It was right before the first beat was put into my heart. And I remember being there with Source. In those moments, there was a feeling of reverence and joy in equal measure. Hello and welcome to Passion Harvest. I am Louisa, your host. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you are in the world right now. Our guest today is Julie P. Noble. She was conscious from birth. Julie P. Noble was born aware. She has pre-birth memories and holds profound memories of being at one with Source. In her 20s, she started spontaneously remembering dozens of previous lifetimes. This is her story and this is her passion, Julie. Welcome to Passion Harvest. Thanks so much, Louise. I'm just, I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, I, I'm really, really honoured. Um, let's get started. Gosh, so many incredible experiences you've had. Um, but I'd love to start with your birth memories or born aware. I do remember my birth, but my first memory was actually in my womb, in my mother's womb, rather. And uh, it was right before the first heartbeat. The first beat was put into my heart, rather. And I remember being there with Source, which is my name for, that's the word I use for God or the creator. I, I tend to use Source. So uh, in those moments, there was a feeling of reverence and joy in equal measure. And uh, so that was technically my first memory. And then I, I do remember my birth, which uh, at first wasn't pleasant. I did not like the bright light at all. I was freezing cold <laughs> and uh, I was not really pleased with the experience until having been born, uh, all the doctors and nurses around me were laughing and were delighted. I was such a large baby. I was almost three weeks late, which now they don't let women go that late, but I was 22 days late. So I was large and uh, chubby and uh, I was met with a lot of joy. So that turned the bright light and the cold atmosphere uh, into some sweetness for me. And really, I think after that, my first memory was probably at just a couple months old. I distinctly remember having um, waking up in my crib and having an awareness of myself as Julie the person, and for lack of a better word, Julie the soul. So I was aware of myself both as a, as a human being and as a spark of source connected to source. And uh, and from there, I just, you know, my memories continued. And it's funny because I was 10 months old when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. And uh, I remember telling my family when I was five that I remember his assassination. And they all poo-pooed me. But I remember thinking, uh, I, I wasn't upset that they didn't believe me. I just remember thinking that they didn't get it. Uh, and so it kind of became a part of myself that I didn't close off to them, but I didn't share with them. And how I remember his assassination specifically is I remember feeling like a tear in the soul of humanity 
there was a very distinct before and after feeling to it and, and a feeling of great heaviness and great sorrow. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't know consciously what happened, but I do remember that feeling. A lot of people, maybe not so much uh, your audience because of the, the kinds of videos you do and the sorts of people you interview. And also I've read the comment sections of your videos. You have a lot of lovely audience members. Um, but I think that a lot of people don't realize that we're energetic beings foremost before we're thinking conscious beings and intuition is real and we can feel people's energies. Uh, I know that you've had intuitive experiences and I certainly have. And, you know, have you ever gone into a room and you just didn't like the feel of it? You just didn't like the feel of the energy or to a geographic place. I've had that happen where, uh, you know, we, one time it was a room in a house that was extremely cold and had a very uh, questionable vibration. And I just didn't even want to set foot in the room. And I didn't. And I was later told that there were stories of hauntings in that room. So uh, and then there are other places where I walked in and I just loved the feeling. I've loved the energy of it. Something about the people gathered there. And so I think I think those of us who are born aware are aware that human beings are really feeling, sensing um, beings, you know, and the intellect and the consciousness comes later, but we feel people mm. and we feel places. And you're born aware, your consciousness, your recognition from in the womb that you were a, a spiritual being, I guess, in essence, having a physical experience. Yes. That's traveled, that that knowing has traveled with you throughout your life. Yeah. And, and I will tell you that it, um, I've had one past life experience that uh, probably equals it. But I think in the history of my soul, I think it's, it's one of my favorite memories ever, just because it was so beautiful and so simple. And by the way, I went back and I researched, this was years later, I never even thought to do this until recently. But I checked out when, um, when a fetus's heart first beats, and it's somewhere between 10 and 14 days. So that's really early in gestation. Uh, but yeah, I just remember a really equal feeling of both reverence, reverence for my beingness, and joy. And, um, and, and, you know, it's funny, Louisa, I was thinking about this relative to that memory, which is so profound for me. I was thinking, well, what if I had the memory, but what if that's what we all experience? What if source is there with reverence and joy putting the first beat in each of our hearts? You know, what if I just happen to remember it, but that's something that we all experience? So... Oh, Julie, yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing. My gosh, what an incredible memory. The first heartbeat. I, I know this is a feeling and a sensory experience, but we in our humanness like to understand the details and what you saw and what, what you felt. What did it feel like having that heartbeat put in your heart by source? You know, it's funny. My whole life, first of all, that memory has sustained me through many dark moments and many times of um, 
um, sadness. I've had some times of despair in my life, and it's it's definitely carried me through. The feeling, it's interesting because the feeling for many years, I tried to figure out which was more predominant, the reverence or the joy, but I really think they were in equal measure. And and what that experience said to me was that I was deeply, deeply regarded and loved by source and that I was a being of joy and that there was just joy in my beingness. And um it was a profound memory. You know, I've had a lot of experiences and memories from being pre-verbal that have been interesting and that have reinforced uh, my being intuitive and things that I sort of know on a hunch. Uh, but that one was just grounded me in the fact that I'm loved, that I'm connected to source, um, and that my life has value and meaning. And that's when I began to think, you know, recently, what if we all had that and just some of us are able to remember it? I think I think we do. At this point, I think I've remembered about 70 lives, past lives. And I have to tell you, Louisa, I was both fascinated and delighted by your video uh, about Antica. Is that how you pronounce oh, it? Oh, yes. The recent Antica. one. <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, and it was lovely. And, and you know, people call them past lives or timelines. I tend to use the word timelines because I think, um, I don't think time is linear. I think it's simultaneous, which is really kind of too big a concept for our human minds to embrace. Uh, but I remembered a number of lifetimes and I was thinking about your story with Antica and that beautiful bracelet, but the hardship, the story of the hardship in the pain and the pain behind it. And um, I will tell you that most of the lives I've remembered have been difficult. They have been ones of poverty or oppression or slavery. And I, I have had some memories of some really uh, positive, lovely lives. And I will tell you that they had nothing to offer me other than a positive memory. There were no There was no wisdom, no lessons, no strength that I could look at as an example to carry into my current situation, because I think that's the whole benefit of remembering previous lifetimes, other timelines, is to look at those situations and to gather some wisdom and to gather the strength, because those are all parts of our soul, and we're connected to all of that. So I think probably one of my favorite memories, and I think this, other than the when Source put the, put the first beat in my heart, uh, was when I met Jesus. And here's what's interesting. You know, people talk about how they were Cleopatra or whomever. Uh, I was never anyone famous that I, at least that I remembered thus far, uh, which is fine by me. I'm more interested in, in the stories that my soul has to tell than in my level of fame. So when I met Jesus, I was a servant girl working in a kitchen in the house of a man where, uh, who, where Jesus came to dinner one night. And uh, what was profound about that memory was that Jesus came into the kitchen where a bunch of us were working and he introduced himself to each of us. And he took uh, my hand in both of his hands and he looked me in the eye, in the eyes and 
it was right up there with uh, Source putting the first beat in my heart to be seen and to be loved unconditionally and to be seen at such a deep level that I don't recall in any other time uh, experiencing that. And so that was really lovely. But I've had a lot of memories. And uh, like you, what was lo what I loved about the story of Antika is that there was some healing that happened. There was some real communication. Um, you know, you didn't just treat it like a story, but you treated it like uh, a living part of your soul that you're in connection with. And for me, those are the memories of other timelines, past lifetimes that have resonated with me in which I've either seen a portion of myself that was in pain or distress. And, uh, you know, sometimes I made it out of that, sometimes I didn't. But I think it gives one a wider perspective of how big life is. And I think it makes some of the things that we deal with day to day seem kind of petty and not important. Oh, thank you so much, Julie. Thank you for sharing that. So, Jesus, how, what, what did he look like? How did you know it was him? And again, can you just explain what it, how he felt? Oh, he, how he made you feel? That's three yeah, questions. You know, in Sorry. <laughs> and, well, that, that's okay. Uh, in terms of uh, looks, I don't like, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, to a sketch artist, I couldn't describe him so that he could be drawn. Um, and I don't tend to get all of the visual details, you know, to that degree, but, but I know it was him. I know it was his energy. Um, he was the, the reason it was so profound that he looked in my eyes is because there was such love there. And I felt like, you know how they say eyes are the windows to the soul. And so I felt like he looked all the way into my soul with all its imperfections and with all its loveliness. And he just loved and accepted all of it. And his nature was just one of um, deep love, deep compassion, and really an effervescent joy. I mean, his spirit was one, was just one of joy. And I, I felt so delighted meeting him um, and so touched. And I remember the first time that I told the story, I mean, I've told the story so many times, but I remember the first time I told the story to a friend of having met him and I cried because it was so profound. But now I've told the story so many times that I don't, I don't tend to cry as much, but I will tell you that I have had, um, I think what's great too, and, and what your story that you recently shared in a video reminded me is that we can be experiencing other lifetimes and those memories, and it can have resonance with where we are now and, and with things in our life, but we can also take the emotions from them. So for example, the meeting Jesus and having that deep sense of joy. And, uh, you know, I, I consider him one of my guides, one of my teachers. And I remember talking to him, oh, I don't know, sometime in the last year and saying, you know, I wish I could be more like you. And the message that I got was just be more like yourself. 
And so then that reminded me of when I met him and the feeling of just complete acceptance and a kind of cherishing, a kind of cherishing of me as a person. And I think that's what he gave to everyone because he came into the kitchen. You know, we were all just workers. We didn't expect to meet him, but he wanted to acknowledge our work and thank us. And uh, it was just lovely. That gave me a lot of, I will tell you that that, that gave me a lot of um, confidence in myself in a very quiet way, not being out in, you know, out in the world and, and loud, but just when someone would question me, I knew what my truth was. And I think that there's something very fortifying about that for a child growing up. Def definitely, or for an adult. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well. Um, do you have memories? You mentioned spirit guides. Do you have memories of spirit guides that were around you or have been with you throughout this life? Yes, um, I do. I, um, you know, I'm very connected to source. When I was 12 in particular, uh, I grew up in the foothills of mountains in northern New Jersey. And uh, there were these incredible oaks and there was one that I could actually get into because the branches started low enough and I would literally climb two stories high so that I was eye level with the top of my two-story house and I would just go up there and talk to source and talk to the elementals and um and and I've always had a sense of being connected to spirit and source and guides masters uh, angels, you know, all, all of the benevolent energies. And um, and I've had spontaneous memories of those as well. I did have um, one guide who was with me uh, in my 20s and 30s. And I haven't since felt him around. Um, and I think it's, he came to help with what he could. And I evolved and he moved on to something else. But then I've had another guide that I've had with me since my 20s. And he is my main guide. And I tend to, um, I'm very drawn to things Native American. And so both of those guides were Native American. And uh, I find a lot of resonance in Native American culture and spirituality. Um, so yeah, I've had those two guides. I have uh, Jesus Sananda, um, you know, who's with me. And uh and always source, just always connected directly to source. Do you ever doubt yourself? We, well, some people can. Is this really my guide? Are there elementals? Do you ever have doubts ever? Um, I would say when I was younger, I did. Except when I met both of my guides, I really didn't have doubts about those because they felt so real to me. They didn't feel like something that I made up or something that I wished into being, um, especially the guide that I'm still working with. When I met him, I was so intimidated by him because he was so powerful. And I kind of had to, grow, you know, over the last few decades, I kind of had to grow into um, feeling comfort with him because to me, he was, he was, uh, I don't know. I I didn't. I felt inadequate. I guess so. Yes, I I have had um, doubts, but I would say that they were more of a of a non spiritual nature. So, am I doing a good enough enough job at work? Um, could I've handled this situation better? But in terms of being connected and uh, especially to my guides, no, I've never had any doubts about it. And I think one of the lessons of being aware 
is that when you start to trust your intuition, you know, it's an it's a cliche, Louisa, but it truly is a muscle. And when you start to trust your intuition, uh, it gets stronger and you attract yourself more knowing. You know, just like, I, you know, I've mentioned this a few times, but I, I was so touched by the story of Antica. And you mentioned the phrase divine timing at one point, and it, and it just made me think how wonderful when we hear the call and we follow it, whatever that little voice in us is saying, go here now, do this, or be here. For those of the audience that are listening that would like to have a deeper connection or a connection with their spirit guides, what's your advice, tools and tips for the audience? You know, just like I said, that what if source put the first beat in all of our hearts and just some of us remembered it? And I think that if we can just get to a place where we clear out some of the clutter, some of it is biochemical. There are things that we can do. For example, there are things that calcify our pineal gland. And so if we can avoid those and get into a uh, you know, healthy lifestyle in terms of movement, in terms of um, nutrition. But I also think it's just a matter of uh, reaching out, practicing, getting into um, getting into nature. I think that's so key. I think we're so surrounded by electronics. I don't own a cell phone. I did for about 25 years, but I ditched it about six, seven years ago. I don't own a television. I don't even own a digital clock. There's, as I used to say before my dog died, the only smart things in my house are me and my dog. Now it's just me. So uh, my point being that I'm very sensitive to energy. And so, yeah, I have a laptop. I need it for work. But otherwise, I pretty much stay away from um, Wi-Fi. I live in the country, so I can do that. It's easier for me. But just even people, I think small things like not sleeping with your cell phone next to your pillow. Um, having your bedroom be sort of as electronic free as possible, spending time in nature. And I think asking and then listening. So if you want to get in touch with your guides, if you have a question for source, if you have a, a problem that you're puzzling out and you want some insight, I think it's, uh, you know, it's again, having as healthy an environment internally and externally as possible. But then I think it's showing up with a question and then listening. And I don't think it has to be, you know, I, I've never been a wonderful meditator um, just in terms of being quiet and closing my eyes. And I, you know, I've done it and I've done it a lot, but it's, it hasn't been my favorite way to meditate. My favorite way to meditate is when I'm washing dishes. I love washing dishes. It's very, it's very, and it probably goes back to that lifetime where I met Jesus because that's what I was doing. Uh, but, you know, things that are meditative or when I do, I do um, embroidery. So when I do embroidery, that's very meditative. I have two acres of land and when I'm doing yard work, that's very meditative. And I find that source talks to me, my guides talk to me, my intuition brings me things uh, in those spaces. So I think it's a matter of asking and then listening. And I don't think it has to be complicated and I don't think it has to be hard, but I think we have to show up and I think we have to practice if we're not in the practice, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Thank you, Diane. Um, 
with your past lives and your birth memories, do you have any memories of dying or your physical body dying? My sense, I'm thinking of one lifetime in particular in which it was just a very easy death. And I just sort of slipped out. And uh, my sense is that I was just reunited with Source and reunited with those who'd held me in love in that lifetime who had already passed on and uh, and that I probably started planning pretty quickly for what was next. <laughs> with, a, with all your experiences, in your opinion, what, what do you think, why are we here? Why are we having this human experience over and over again? You know, I've thought a lot about source and the nature of source. I'm not the first, I won't be the last, and I'm sure many scholars have done it um, to a beautiful depth that I'll never get to. But, you know, I, I I have a friend who refers to people as beautiful drops of source. And I, I like that image. I think we're here because I think source wants to uh, experience all of life through us. And also that experiencing and, and help us to remember the parts of our, or, or help us to remember the connection that we have that is source, the part of us that is from pure source. Um, you know, I don't know. I've thought about my soul. I've had many, uh, I've remembered many lifetimes and some of them have been just difficult or terrible. And, um, and some of them have been beautiful and lovely and simple and easy. And I think it's to, um, I think it really is to grow our soul and to the, per, I will say what the purpose I think of my life is for me, the purpose of life is to learn how to be loved. Period. I mean, I think if I can, uh, be love in as many moments as I can, then I have done my soul well and I've done well by source and by myself. Beautiful. So, and so, so simple, really beautiful. I mean, I think there's great joy in accomplishing things. I think, you know, I used to be a gymnast and um, some of the uh, moves that I did, there was great joy in doing them well. There's great joy in accomplishing things physically and intellectually. But I think the essence of it all is about love and about uh, wisdom too. And I think that's what the difficult lifetimes teach is is the wisdom so that we can live the next moments better, more connected to source, more connected to a calling of being something just a little bit better than we were in the moment before. I don't know if that sounds corny. Oh, it sounds very it sounds, much. It sounds very inspiring. I was just sitting there thinking, gosh, I'm really enjoying hearing your voice and you're so calm. No, that was beautiful. Um, Thank you. Julie, it's been such a delight to have you on Passion Harvest. Is there something you'd like to share with the Passion Harvest audience that I haven't asked you? Uh, I guess 
if there would if there's something that I would want to share from my experiences that I think is just um, part and parcel of being human, it's that we're so much bigger than we conceive of ourselves to be, and that life is so much bigger. And so I, I just think that life is big and we live it in many ways on such a small level. And I, I think it's been ex especially challenging the last few years with the pandemic, with the various uh, unrest that, that have been going on throughout the world with, uh, you know, pockets of tyranny. And I think it's very easy to get caught up with what's blaring from the news. But I think if we step back and take a, a, a bigger look and just just get connected, just get simple about it. Like I said, you know, I don't think people have to struggle with meditation and with getting to whatever's in place. I think they can make it simple. I think they can wash dishes or rake leaves or do whatever and just connect. And trust yeah. their intuition. I think that yeah. that would be the final thing that I would say, Louisa, because that is something that I think, you know, I, I've had a, uh, an advantage in that and that I was born intuitive and I just had certain knowings and um, but it's also been a muscle that I've had to flex and strengthen and I think that if we can just learn to trust ourselves just learn to believe like when my the first vision that I had of, of my guide when it came to me there was nothing in my world to tell me that that was true except inside I felt it and I think that's um I think feeling and honoring our feelings and honoring our senses of things um, can take us really much farther than where we get with intellectualizing. Thank you, Julie. What a inspiration and inspiring way to end the show. Thank you so, so much for being on Passion Harvest. Oh, thank you, Louisa. I really enjoyed talking with you and, uh, like I said, I love the story of Antica and the beauty <laughs> and the the depth that, that I there's there was some I I watched it a couple of times. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, oh, it was just it was so lovely because I think it was so resonant of the kind of connections we can make that are deep, and that healing can come from it. And um, it, it it really it touched me, and so I think that's what being connected to ourselves our higher selves our souls source is about yeah thank you so thank you so so much bye thank julie you for your time, <laughs> have a lovely day you too bye thank you bye if you liked this episode please do subscribe for weekly passionate inspirational interviews